Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. Hey, there was a caucus last night. And um, remember yesterday, do you remember that time where I told you about the rumor that Nikki Haley might be named the vice presidential candidate for Trump, that the deal was already done, and that's why we saw all of the cascade of endorsements coming from the GOP establishment. Remember that? Yesterday? Yeah, okay. So I'm seeing it all over the place today. And I don't know if it's anything more than a rumor yet, but it it definitely has picked up momentum. So last night, uh, former President Donald Trump won 51% of the votes cast, 130,000 votes. There were roughly 130,000 votes cast. By the way, this is the lowest turnout in 25 years. Now, I think that probably had something to do with the weather being so cold. Um, In Iowa, it was like with the wind chill or whatever. It was, you know, negative 30 degrees or something. So that's probably a part of it. I don't know how much to read into it about enthusiasm. Um, That might have been part of it as well, though. So Trump comes in at 51. DeSantis comes in at 21. Haley comes in at 19. Vivek Ramaswamy comes in at 8%. And almost immediately drops out. And I've got all of their speeches. We'll take a listen to their speeches. Uh, First up will be Donald Trump. And these were in the order... Um, in which they were delivered. So first it was Trump, and he was magnanimous. He uh, thanked Ron, and he didn't have any names. He didn't call anybody nicknames or anything, and he thanked Vivek and Nikki, and, uh, but Vivek had already conceded to him when it, before Trump went on stage. Um, of note, the final poll that was released, and we went over this yesterday, the Des Moines Register NBC News poll, Um, Trump overperformed in that poll or or, or, uh, in comparison to the poll by three points. Okay, so he came in at 51, but the poll had him at 48. DeSantis overperformed by five points. The poll had him at 16. He came in at 21. Haley underperformed by one percentage point. Um... 130,000 uh, people turned out to vote or votes cast into, and they would write the, write the names on little slips of papers and throw them into paper bags, which is a far more secure system, obviously, the, the paper bag system. Um, substantially lower than the 187,000 who voted in 2016, which was the last time there was a competitive GOP caucus. Um, so... We're going to get your thoughts on all of this. I've been going around like, so one thing you need to know after the 2016 election, I quit making predictions on election outcomes. And when I, when I decided to do that, 
uh, it was because I was making these predictions based on polling. And in 2016, you'll recall, the polling was atrocious, right? Now, maybe the polling can win me back at some point, but the longer I go not making predictions, the more I realize it's, um, well, if I were to predict somebody wins and they do win, then I get bragging rights, right? That's all I get. I get to say, look at me. I know what I'm, I know what I'm talking about and I can predict these things. But if I'm wrong, what, what, what penalty do, do I suffer? None. I, there, there's, it, so it's a win-win for me. And the more, I, um, the more elections I watch and I see people, particularly in the presidential races, and you see all these people opining about the way things are going to shake out. And you don't know that. I don't know that. Nobody knows that. People are making predictions, usually based off of their own biases and priors, right? You don't know the way the election is going to turn out. They thought there was going to be a lot of people. For example, the um, DeSantis campaign, they had what they thought they had banked. um, What was it? uh, Thirty five to forty five thousand commitments, caucus commitments. They had people essentially signed these little commitments that they were going to show up. So the DeSantis people went in there thinking that they would have somewhere in the neighborhood of, you know, 35 to 50,000 votes. And they did not materialize. They did not materialize. Right? So nobody knows how this stuff shakes out. I believe, I do believe, that all three of the GOP candidates, and the, because, oh, I forgot to tell you, Asa Hutchinson dropped out today, everybody. (gasps) No, yes, it's true. He did. Asa Hutchinson, he got less than 1% of the vote. And he dropped out after Vivek Ramaswamy. um, Because he just wasn't sure. (laughs) He thought he might have a lane. Um, I do believe that any one of the three candidates remaining in the GOP contest, Trump, DeSantis, and, and Haley, all three of them can beat Joe Biden. I do believe that to be true. I also believe it's a harder lift for Donald Trump. And I've said this repeatedly, right? Because people know who he is already, right? There's, he, he's got a floor, he's got name ID, and because of that, he's also got a ceiling. He's not going to convince people uh, that you know, are, are, are new to the game, are new to politics. I have no idea who Donald Trump is. People have a pretty good idea who he is. I don't know people are going to be changing their opinions about him. They may hold their nose and vote for him in a general, right? That might happen. But it's not like people are going to say, you know what? I really hated this guy, and now I think he's great. So I don't think that that happens. There could be nose holding, but then there could also be people that just don't vote. They're just going to leave it blank, or they vote for Biden. That's possible, too. People may change their vote, but they're not going to change their opinion of him. The other thing, and again, I say these things not to uh, not to try to convince anybody that they're wrong, I'm right, or whatever. These are my observations and questions that I have because I don't know the future. If I did, I would have already picked the winning lottery numbers and bought an island someplace. But he got 51% of the vote in a, in a red state open caucus he got 51% of all the votes 
he is essentially, and there's there's data that supports this. The the uh, historical trend lines on the polling show this that he is essentially an incumbent. He he's run in Iowa three times now, right? People know him. Um, he won the last caucus by way more. He didn't have any opposition, of course, four years ago in 2020. Um, by the way, in 2016, he lost the Iowa caucus, right? Because the Iowa caucus is really not a, it's not ever a good indicator of who's going to win the nomination for the Republicans. Um, and I've, I've got the data on that too. But again, this is different because he's basically an incumbent. So that, I don't think that applies this time around. So him winning the Iowa caucus, I don't think that that, you know, the, the Iowa curse, I don't think that applies to him because uh, he, he is well known and he's been running in Iowa, you know, for what now? This is the third time, so eight years. So I don't think it applies to him. But he's this incumbent. He's well-known, a known entity. And he's kind of a martyr figure now, which is directly tied to the surge that he enjoyed in the polls. When he got indicted, his numbers went up. His favorability, his support went up among Republican voters after the indictment started coming. So an incumbent martyr had 49% of the red state voters reject him. He's been the leader of the party for eight years. And so this raises a question for me. Does this present a problem for him in the general? If you've got half of the people that don't want him. Now, granted, some of them will vote for him in the general. Absolutely. I don't know how many Nikki Haley supporters will. I totally believe he's going to pick up the Vivek Ramaswamy's supporters. That was a that was a play. Uh, Ramaswamy was a stalking horse. He just soaked up a lot of libertarian uh, leaning voters. They'll all now go to Trump. I'm fairly certain. But I and I said yesterday, this was the number that I was going to be watching. Can he can he break through the 50 percent mark? And he did. By one. Which is, yes, more than 50 percent, but also mm, not the strongest showing over 50 percent. So me personally, I want to see more races. I want to see more races with fewer candidates. More primaries. I want more contests with fewer candidates. That's why, like, these immediate calls for everybody else to drop out, it's asinine. It's just asinine. It actually, it smacks of insecurity and desperation, which I don't know why you would be feeling that if you're on the Trump campaign. I mean, yes, you could save money for your legal bills and such. But if the, but my question that is still un, unknown and will not be known unless tested is, does Donald Trump fare better or worse in a two-person race? A true one-on-one race in the GOP primary where, where he's only got 51% of the Iowa caucus vote. I wonder, can somebody take him out? Can somebody effectively make arguments in a one-on-one race that they can't with uh, multiple people? Because we saw that in 2016. I don't know the answer to that. I don't know the answer to that. And again, my concern is rooted in a concern that him beating Biden is a heavier lift because Biden and the Democrats are celebrating today. Because they have they already have a playbook they think can win. Will it win? I don't know. I don't know. But they think it can because they think it, it won them the last race in 2020. It's a Pete tweet. Pete, 
Only 51%. I read this morning that Trump's 30% margin was a record margin in Iowa. It was. 30% is a record for a non-incumbent to beat other candidates in sort of an, in an open caucus. That is true. Problem is Trump is not, and he's not a non-incumbent. He's an incumbent, right? I mean, he, this, that's what I mean. Like a lot of these things, just like, oh, if you win Iowa, you're not going to win the nomination. A lot of these uh, rules of thumb, they don't really apply. These historical references don't really apply. Because I think Donald Trump is definitely the favorite to win the nomination. So him winning Iowa doesn't mean the nomination's in jeopardy. Whereas in the past, if you won Iowa, it was like, mm, well, you're probably not going to win the nomination. right? I don't think that's going to hold for for this cycle because Trump is not a traditional, quote, non-incumbent simply because he he was an incumbent. Right. And he's been in the he's been in the news cycle every day for eight years now or almost every day. So I, I don't. Uh, yeah. I, I, I So, yes, it's a 30 percent margin for people that are technically not incumbents. But Trump is not realistically in, in you know, in practical terms, he's not a non-incumbent. Does that make sense? Um, so this is why I want to see more races, and I want to see how it plays out. I don't think 130,000, in fact, only half of that 130,000, I don't think they should determine who the nominee should be. I don't. I want, you know, I would very much like, by the time it comes to North Carolina in March, I would like our votes to matter. Wouldn't you like your vote to matter? I would. I don't like the idea that after one contest of 130,000 voters, now all of a sudden everybody's supposed to just quit. Now, look, I understand, like, the the donations and stuff and the momentum and, and the narratives and all. I understand all of that. I would like to see a one-on-one race. I would. And I would prefer it be DeSantis against Trump. That's what I would prefer. I would like to see that campaign. That does not mean DeSantis wins it. I don't know if he would win it. I would like to see it. I'd like to see the contest. Because I think somebody has to be able to call for a reckoning on freaking COVID. And Trump and Biden are not going to be those guys to do it. That's just my take. So let's go over to the phone lines. We'll talk to Pete. Great name, Pete. Welcome to the program, Pete. How are you? Hey, Pete. Pete, I always enjoy you because you think things through and your reasoning's solid. But I'm going to take, I got a different take on yesterday. Um, Ron DeSantis worked every county in Iowa, every one of them. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I really do think they went all in on it, which I think was politically a smart move because I think Iowa's one of those states that, you know, you can have an upset compared to some of the others. You also have a lot um, of time. You've got a lot of time because it's the first. And so everybody can devote a lot of time to, uh, to hitting every County and all of that versus like now it starts, you know, state after state after state, you, you, you got pretty fast turnaround times, you know? Correct. So, you know, I thought that was a good play, you know, honestly. Um, and I agree with you, uh, Vivek dropping out. I think most of that support goes to Trump. So he's probably closer to 60 than 50, I would say. Uh, the other thing, too, is if DeSantis drops out, 
his support, I think, goes to Trump for the most part. Yes. I just don't think Nikki Haley's all that popular. And oh, I agree I, yeah. with you. Totally agree. If you want a one-on-one, it would be Ron against Donald Trump. Right. I think that would be probably the best phrase. Now, the problem there is I think she's staying in, Pete, because the big donors are giving her all the cash. Right. Which you tells know? you what? Well, which tells you <laughs> that she's staying in. You know, right, but what, it's right. So if the big donors are giving her cash and Democrats are giving her cash to stay sure. in, knowing that she can't win, right? These because yep. that's like a corporate donors, these corporate PACs, Democrat aligned PACs. They're giving her all this money. Then, in order to stay in, what what does that resemble? Why would they be doing that? Well, I really don't care why they do it. Oh, I do. I will say this. Well, I know you do. But I want to tell you why I think people vote for Donald Trump. It's not, it's not that they're in a cult or anything or it's, it, they like his nasty behavior. Pete, it's like a business. He did a good job. The stock was up when he was president. Stock's down now, big time. So I just think that's going to be the thing you're fighting. Uh, you know, yeah, if Donald Trump came out of nowhere and he's up against Ron DeSantis or he hadn't done that great a job, I think DeSantis has a really good shot at it. But I just think most people are going to vote it like that rather than, you know, yeah, the guy's kind of got a checkered past and, his, you know, maybe his character is not what we would prefer. But, you know, Martha, things were pretty good when he was president. Right. So here's, so here's why here's why the donors question matters. It's because people are putting their money on her knowing she can't actually beat Trump. So why would they be burning all of that cash? Because... Well, no, no. So because if you if you reassess your underlying assumption is that she's trying to beat him and you reassess it and say, maybe that's not the actual play. Maybe she's not actually trying to beat him. She is serving a purpose. And what is that purpose? It's to help him win. Sure. And that's fine. And that's why I say it really doesn't matter, you know, because at the end of the day, Trump's probably going to take that nomination. It now, does anything matter. can happen. So wait, all right, when it comes down to a general election, it's not going to matter that Nikki Haley stayed in the race to the bitter end. It does, not, no, no, all right, no, hang on, hang on. It does matter. Here's why it matters. Because if they want her to help him win, and that's why they're putting money on her, knowing she can't beat him, but she can actually get him, she, she can get DeSantis out, and then she's either, you know, named into a cabinet post or she goes away or whatever happens to her doesn't matter. But the whole point is to get him through. Why would Democrats... And these corporatists, these establishment types, these neocons, the Bushes, the Romneys, all of that, that whole wing, why would they be putting all the money on on Nikki Haley, knowing she can't win, knowing it's going to help Trump? Is it because they think Trump is going to win in November or is it because they think he's actually going to lose in November? And that's why they want him there. Well, all I'll say is be careful what you wish for. Oh, no, look, I agree. Look, I'm not saying, again, I can't tell the future either. That may be a very wise play or a dumb play, but we have seen the play before. uh, Democrats did this in several different races around the country in the U.S. Senate races, right? They put up uh, and they put money behind the most uh, extreme candidates that they could find in the GOP primaries in order to get them through. And then those Republicans got waxed in the general. So why wouldn't they try that same sort of uh, playbook? Yeah, I don't, I don't go along with that one. But that's a different discussion. No, they did I, it. I would just say, no, no, they did no, it though. No, no. Look at the guy that ran for the Senate. Go, go do some research. Look at the guy that ran for the Senate in Arizona. Okay, look at how much money he got from the uh, NR uh, uh, SC. Look how much money he got. Got for, nothing. Zero. Nothing. So, you're, what? so you know, you're, I'm you're talking about the primaries. No, no, the NRSC doesn't is is the 
I'm talking about the the Democrats who put money behind their the, the through their PACs put money into individual Senate races in order to get people through that they found easier to beat. I'm not talking yeah. in the general. I'm, so I'm talking at a primary level, right? So yeah. that's that's where the money is being on that. That's where the money is being spent. But as far as Republicans spending money on the candidates for whatever reason that the people preferred in a lot of these races, they didn't back them. Well, that's so a, a that, old, well. That's going to be a problem. That's also that's also going to be a problem this time, Pete. If sure, it the, always is. But you know, what do you do then, Pete? Do you not go ahead and nominate the people that you prefer to be in office? Uh, no, you, you go nominate. Now? I'm not telling you uh, again. I'm not telling you who to vote for. I'm just trying right. to chart out. I'm trying to chart out why people are making the decisions. Trying to game theory sure. it out. And when you look at all of the money that all of a sudden started pouring into Nikki Haley's campaign. All of the money yep. spent against Ron DeSantis, it smacks of the Marco Rubio play or the John Kasich play that occurred in 2016, right? No for different argument. reasons. No now, argument. Kasich stayed no in argument. for so long, and Kasich stayed in and, and basically hamstrung Cruz, right, in order yep. to prevent a one-on-one. So if you've got people that hate Trump helping to get him through the primary, aren't you suspicious about why they would be doing that? I just don't, I, I, I'm not really because it doesn't make any difference. Is my point. Uh, I just don't see at the end of the day it makes any difference. Yeah, that, it makes a, it makes a ton of difference. It, it well, does. It, it makes a ton of difference because they're telling you what they believe their chances are against Donald Trump. That they're they're well, I, they're telling you that. Going back, back to recu- Republican donors, man, they've wasted a lot of money the last presidential cycles. You know, I mean, Jeb Bush, for God's sake, I don't know. They must have paid a hundred thousand dollars of. Uh, well, he didn't get any delegates, did he? In the uh, in that primary, in J- uh, Jeb, I don't even know. But right, there was, a, yeah. but there, there again, you've got this wing, same wing, same exact yeah. wing that's now propping up the uh, propping up uh, Haley, right? Yeah. Same wing that's Waste doing it. Rather, that's rather than put it on DeSantis, if they so hey, hated Trump, no. But here's uh, uh, this. Keep going. This isn't great. no. This isn't the. No, you're missing the point, right? The, okay. He's missing the point. He doesn't want to hear it, right? They put all this money into the race, and and it we sh- we saw how it failed last time, right? To prevent Trump because that was ostensibly the reason to stop Trump, right? So if you've now got the same actors putting money on Haley in order to quote stop Trump, yet everybody knows she can't, then they're not actually putting money to stop Trump. Why? This goes to the rumor we went over yesterday. Right. The rumor we went over yesterday was that Trump's going to pick her as the veep again. I don't know if that's true. It's the rumor. I'm seeing it now all over the place today. Why would the White House be happy with yesterday's results? Here's what they tweeted, quote, the sooner people recognize Donald Trump is the nominee, the better it is for Joe Biden. Why would they say that? That's former Biden White House comms director Kate Bedingfield. The sooner people recognize Donald Trump as the nominee, the better it is for Joe Biden. All right. Do the current world events have you wondering whether we are teetering on the edge of catastrophe? Are you concerned it's going to reach our shores? Okay. so what are you doing about your concerns? Let me help. Carolina Readiness Supply. 
at carolinareadiness.com. Whether you're looking to expand your emergency preparedness supplies or you have no idea where to even begin, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you. Food, water purifiers, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, camping and hiking supplies even. Because being prepared is just smart. Carolina Readiness Supply has 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials that you'll need for any kind of emergency. In Waynesville and always at carolinareadiness.com, veteran-owned Carolina readiness supply will you be ready when the lights go out that's just me i look for the reasons behind things and so when i see all this money start pouring into the haley camp and everybody knows she can't win why why would people that don't want trump to be president why would they be pouring money into her race if she's not the most viable candidate because she's not because all she represents is a never trump vote and pete said it the earlier caller he said it and i agree with them that her votes don't go to Trump. They go to Biden or they go to some third party candidate. She's got like the never Trump wing. So why would you be pouring the money knowing that you can't win that race unless there's some other calculus involved? So that's what I'm trying to figure out. And then I see the White House former uh, comms director, Kate Bedingfield, say the sooner people recognize Donald Trump as the nominee, the better it is for Joe Biden. And then Joe Biden tweets out, or his people do, because I don't think he was awake at this time of night, 1120. He says, he said, looks like Donald Trump just won Iowa. He's the clear front runner on the other side at this point. But here's the thing. This election was always going to be you and me versus extreme MAGA Republicans. It was true yesterday and it'll be true tomorrow. So if you're with us, chip in now. And then he gives a link to donate. And you remember the phone call that I took yesterday from Mike? Mike Daisley was a former Mecklenburg County Democrat lawyer for the party. And we had a lengthy conversation about the democracy and all of that. This is the playbook. They keep running it. Every single fundraising letter. Mike's like, not every single one. Okay. 99% of the fundraising letters all contain this kind of language. The whole playbook is geared towards Trump being the nominee. And they believe it worked for them before. They believe it'll work for them again. Will it? I don't know. But that's their play. Let me go over here and get David on. Hello, David. Welcome to the show. Hey, how's it going? Hey, all right, man. What's up? Well, well, I mean, of course they want Trump to win. I mean, Trump is probably the only guy Biden can beat. So, of course, I mean, they've already beat him once. So why not, you know, why why wouldn't you want to play the guy you've already beat one time? Why not play him again? It does seem that does seem like a fair guess. It does. I mean that. Yeah. yeah now I mean, and now the Trump now Trump supporters will say, "Well, Joe Biden didn't beat us last time." They're, and they're right. They're correct. People didn't vote for Biden. They voted against Trump. Guess what? They're still going to vote against Trump. The only difference is on the Republican side, you're going to have people like me who are just I voted for Trump last time, but you know what? I got Trump fatigue. I don't want four more years of it. And plus. He's going to be a lame duck president right out of the gate. Mm-hmm. You know, we got to move on from Trump. We either do it now or four years from now. Right. And so this is right. Your preference for that is not a prediction, right? Neither is neither is mine or neither is the Trump supporters either. No, but it's not right, a prediction. But this is the time to be having that debate for to ex, to express, to lay out these arguments. And that's why I reject the calls for like DeSantis needs to drop out or even Haley needs to drop out, although she actually should. <laughs> Here's something funny I thought about while I was waiting to get on the air. 
we actually are making history in this upcoming election because in the past, it's always been we had these primaries and each party uh, puts up their best candidate and they go head to head. This time, we're literally putting our both parties are putting up their worst candidate and say, hey, let's just see what happens. <laughs> you, know, you put up your back candidate, I'll put up my back candidate, and we'll see which one's right. Low card wins. Okay, yeah, David, I appreciate the call. <laughs> 